Man, what a radical message. And it's about repentance. It's about love, mercy. And it's about Jesus. How He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see John the Baptist. He preceded the Lord Jesus in birth and ministry and death. And Luke described John's birth in chapter 1 of Luke. But Matthew right here jumps directly into the account of John's proclamation of the coming of the kingdom of God, of heaven, I mean. And John is called the Baptist because he baptized people, and it was radical. <laughs> this is radical, man. Matthew chapter 3 is so radical because we see the Holy Spirit at work. We see how the Holy Spirit is baptizing, and we see... How the threshing floor will gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. This is what we're going to talk about, man, in chapter 3 of Matthew. You guys better get your running shoes on, man, because it's going to be a marathon. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back to Growing in His Word, man. God bless you guys. Listen, I'm Yossi, and we have a great message today. The Lord is here, and we just want to say, uh, last week I was on uh, vacation. I had been preaching for two and a half Almost two years straight, actually. And I took a day off. But this time, we're back on track, man. And I just want to say God bless you guys. And welcome back to Growing in His Word. Last, last week, it was radical because Herod was angry, man. He was out of control. He couldn't even breathe. And we've seen how, how uh, basically Jeremiah the prophet proclaimed what would happen. And then we see in chapter 2. Verse 23 said, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, and he shall be called the, uh, a Nazarene, Jesus. Here we are. John's now in the mix. We see Matthew chapter 3. We see the person of John the Baptist. We, it's, it's also in Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. But we see in those days, John the Baptist, was he came preaching in the wilderness. And this is an actual... Old Testament fulfillment. So we come before you, Lord. We thank you for the person of John the Baptist, your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for you showing up today, Lord. We know, Father, that the wise men in last last times, last week's chapter or the week before, Father, we know that that the wise men were were you know they were pretty much rendered as astrologers, and we know, Father, that we don't depend on that, Father. We but we depend on your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we know. That Matthew chapter 2 was a connection with the astrology. But we know in chapter 3, Father, that your Holy Spirit, Spirit is connected. So, Father, we thank you for this word. We ask, Lord, in your name, Jesus, bless it. Amen. God bless you guys, man. Welcome to Growing in His Word. Listen, man, last week was radical last time, I mean, because in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and he was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who is spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Listen, that's the key. Right there, man. Making his path straight. Listen, Jesus was already, God was already in the Old Testament. But now he's coming out through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's making a way for the Messiah, his son, to come now. And, and we're going to see now how in this chapter, 
you know, not only does, does the baptism start coming, but the, the repentance of the sins. And then in chapter 4, we see the, the first temptation, man. We see how Jesus is going to be led up. And we're going to see, listen, he was a baby and then he's growing up. We're going to see how the preaching of John the Baptist is so radical. And it's, it's, what, it's what we as believers need to be doing every day. Amen. And I believe in this chapter, we know Jesus is talking, John's talking about repenting. You know, a lot of us people, a lot of us believers, a lot of us non-believers don't understand what it means to repent. Jesus says, repent and, and believe in me and you will live forever and accept me. A lot of people don't understand the power of, of repentance because Satan is a liar. And when we repent, it, it indicates a change of our attitude and the outlook of which, you know, well, it's basically our sorrowful, our, we're, we're sorry for our sins. But basically, people don't understand that they got to change their life. And, and a lot of people, uh, especially they go to church, I've seen it, and when they come to church and they, they receive the Holy Spirit, they receive Jesus, they say, I want to be born again, me, 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 me. Or they accept the Lord for their brother, or they accept the Lord for their sister, or their dad, or their uncle, or just to be make them to be quiet. But really, they need to accept them for Jesus, for God themselves. They need to do it for themselves. So you see a non-believer, you go to church, and this is what I wanted to tell you about. Because the last message, it was kind of fire and heavy, man, on some false teachers out there. We know some of them on TBN, and we know the ones that beg for money and steal your wallet and they want to just, you know, we know all that, man. But we need to get our eyes off of, off of man, believers. That's what John was saying. He was saying, look, man, I'm just the forerunner for Jesus. Get your eyes off of me, man. I'm a failure. But he was preaching Jesus, man. Listen. He was in the wilderness of Judea, which is around Male Adamim and in Jerusalem, outside of the Male Adamim and in, in the east side of Jerusalem. Yeah, he was. It's you know, he was saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." For this is he who was spoken by the prophet of Isaiah. So now he's telling the Hebrews, "Listen, I'm Yehudi. We're all you know, we're Jews, but Jesus Yeshua, another person is coming." That we cannot even, we're not even worthy. I mean, you gotta listen. It's it's radical because the the voice of one crying in the wilderness is testimony, and it says, "Prepare the way of the Lord, make his way, his path straight." Now, listen, John himself was clothed in camel's hair. Can you imagine with a leather belt around his waist and his and his food was locusts and wild honey? You imagine this dude, man, just. Walking around, man, like a caveman, looking with wild honey and a, a big old, uh, radical, furry, uh, you know, camel's hair, you know, stinking like camel, just like, you know, eating the honey from the, from the, you know, the locust, you know, the the, the locust plant and and the wild honey and then, you know, and just eating it, man, just tripping out like wow, you know, he's just straight soul revelation, like just straight, boom. You know, like, something big is coming. Something big is coming, and I'm going to prepare the way. John is preparing the way for Jesus Christ. And he's never even seen him yet. I mean, this is radical. Man, this is what I like to get excited about. 
Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his, make his path straight. We believers need to prepare the way for our lives so God can make our, so we can make our path straight. And Christ wants us to do this. It's simple. We don't got to put camel hair on, fur coats on, mink coats. We don't got to look pretty. I know a lot of people in church, they go to church. They want to smell good. That's good. I like that. But, you know, especially when you're sitting next to somebody, you didn't put our deodorant on. I get it. But listen, God doesn't care how you look. He don't care what you look like. He only cares about one thing, that you come to him and you repent for your nasty, rotten sins. Whether it's selfishness, not saying anything to the next guy that needs food to eat. Whatever it is, you know what it is. You don't need a pastor to tell you what it is. What you need is a conviction of the Holy Spirit and repent. God wants us to repent so we can have a life that's pleasing to him. Listen, it's worth it. We go through trials. We go through problems. But Jesus, John is preparing the way for Jesus and he's preparing the way for us. Listen, verse 4 says, Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Verse 5 says, In Jerusalem, all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Listen, they knew that Christ was coming. They knew something big was coming because of the Old Testament. We see they're waiting for the Mashiach. They know he's coming. They want, they want to be forgiven. They want to be they want some that void in their heart to be forgiven and they want to move on and impress on and they want to be forgiven, repent and, and, and have a lifestyle that's pleasing. Listen, are you tired of being, you know, going to work, you get up at the same time, same channel. Yeah, we have to do it. But are you tired of having to always, you know, that always that nasty rut in life where you just feel like, oh God, yeah, traffic, here it comes again. No, listen, God can give you that joy, that peace, First John talks about. I mean, I've been going through it lately myself. Man, it's nasty. I had to take a vacation, and my vacation was a road trip. I mean, I'm not rich. <laughs> I'm rich in the spirit, but on the road, God talked to me. and said, hey, Yos, listen, it ain't about man. I'm like, I know this, Lord. But I want you to tell people it's not about man. It's about repentance and having a personal relationship with me and not letting the devil condemn you for something that you did years ago. Listen, we all get feel condemned. But the Bible says in Romans chapter one that there, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Listen, you don't got to be condemned, but you're going to be condemned if you don't have Christ because that's all you know. Drink after drink after drink, bottle after bottle after bottle, smoke after smoke after smoke, drugs after drugs after drugs, whatever it is that separates you from Christ, you begin to realize, you know what? I just can't make it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And that's where God says, stop. I want to love you. Will you let me in? Will you let me in your lifestyle and change it? And so John is saying, look, I can baptize. John's baptizing people that are coming. And that's what happens. We repent of our sins. We actually, we accept Christ, we, Yeshua HaMashiach, we, re, we repent, we say we're sorry, and we, and, that, and we stop. And then later, we become baptized. This is the actual common 
way of being a believer. Okay? And, you know, it's funny because we don't have to keep beating ourselves up. Satan wants us to beat ourselves up. As soon as we accept Christ, there's going to be that battle that takes place, man. But God says, you don't got to worry about it, man. The devil, I got him already. He lost. He lost when I died for you because I can save you from your sins. And John himself was excited about this. And we should be excited about this. He was walking around the Jordan and they were baptizing by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins, man. Yeah, I punched my friend out yesterday. Oh, okay, all right. Here, come over here, man. God's coming, you know. Here, repent from your sins. And he's he's just dunking them in, man. Some of us believers need to be dunked, dunked again. But verse 7 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Broad of vipers, who warn you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Listen, now he's saying, You Sadducees and Pharisees, those were the two groups in Judaism during that time of Christ. And they both claimed to be true followers of Judaism. But their beliefs were considerably different because the Pharisees were primarily associated with the laymen of Israel. And in doctrine, they held not only to the law of Moses and scriptures, but also to the whole body. Listen, to the, of the oral tradition and their activities were centered in the synagogue. It was compete, 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 work, work, work. Jesus says, stop. But on the other hand, the Sadducees were associated with the priestly you know, lineage for whom worship was centered in the temple, extremely conservative. And they basically base their beliefs uh, on the Pentateuch, the books of Genesis through Deuteronomy and Acts. It says that also. So basically the root here is this. We can't work our way. We can't buy our way and we cannot save money to make our way. We can't work our way. It's a gift, man. John's saying, back off. You guys can't do it. Somebody's coming bigger. Somebody's coming better. Something is really coming bigger. We need a revival. John's saying we need a revival right now, man. We need the real revival. We don't need money. We don't need rotten false teachers that Paul talks about. We don't need alcohol and drugs. I don't need it. <laughs> I mean... We don't need the things of the world to satisfy us. We just need to be loved by Christ and allow him to love us so we can love others. Listen, I, I, I have tried that so much with people. Some people, they just don't want it because they have to rock bottom out. Listen, believers out there, I know you're praying and that's the key. But pray that God will change people who who really don't know how to. It's They've got to want to receive and the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work. So we see this. John sees this. Amen. And he tells them, look, you Pharisees and Sadducees, man. You're brought a viper. You're making fun of my baptism. Who warned you to flee from the wrath of the God, man? Bear fruits worthy of repentance, man. Listen, a lot of people, they think that they're Christians, but they don't bear fruit.
And so that's part of being a believer. It's We have to just rest in Jesus. And we see the axe laid on the root of the trees. John likened it to the ministry to God's axe. So basically, the axe would clear the orchard of the dead wood. Okay? And in, 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 in the orchard, it, you know, it would, it, you know, it didn't bear the fruit of repentance. So we see the similarities even in, you know, in this chapter where God, it says, it says in verse 10, and, and even though the axe is laid to the root of the trees, therefore every tree who does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He's not talking about hell. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying, look, you need to be cleansed, man. It's like a grape. It's like a grape vine, bro. It's like you, you, I used to have a grapevine, and it was radically, I bought this house years ago, man, and I was like, ooh, look how nasty that thing is. What is it? It's taking over the whole house, <laughs> and it's got thorns on it, man. I go, what do I do with it? My neighbor said, hey, that used to be a beautiful grape tree, and we would eat them, and I go, oh, that thing would bear fruit? And yeah, and the guy's telling me, yeah, it would bear fruit. You're kidding me. So... I was like, well, what do I do with it, man? And the guy said, cut it down, man. And that's what I did. I cut it down and I washed it. It was nasty. I cut it down, washed it, took the thorns off, made it real beautiful, washed it. I dressed it. I rewrapped it around the fence, rewrapped it around real beautiful, threw some sod out there. And I just thought nothing of it, man. Six weeks later, boom. These grapes were bigger than any fruit. I mean, I thought they were oranges. I'm not even kidding. I don't know what they were. But this is what John is saying, man. He's saying, look, every tree which does not bear fruit is cut down, man, and thrown into the fire, man. But verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, man. That's Jesus. Listen, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's not saying that he's going to, Fire you and kill you. The Holy Spirit is in Jesus. Listen, it says, His winnowing fan is in the hand, and listen, He will thoroughly cleanse, clean out His threshing floor and gather His wheat into the barn, but He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is big time, man. Listen, believers, He's talking about a lot of things here, man. He's talking about God's judgment. He's talking about, you know, a lot of stuff, the kingdom, the character, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, how, how the Holy Spirit, when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the helper, and the helper lives in us, and the helper convicts us. The helper is everything to us. Jesus never left us. He left his Holy Spirit, the helper, and that's the amazing part of this gospel. And you better believe that. Because he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the only one that can do that. Because he is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the fire, he's talking about the rotten ones. Okay? Now, God's judgment, we understand. And in the end, in his, you know, in his first advent, Christ baptized in the Spirit. But when he comes again, he will baptize with fire. The Bible says that. In the second coming, he's coming for the church, but he's coming also for the rotten ones, okay, in the church. Yeah, we have them there, okay? Uh, and so here we see, all right, that, you know, 
It's going to happen. And so God's judgment will happen in the second time when he comes. So it's going to be to fulfill all righteousness, okay? And so believers, listen to this, man. You know, we're living in a strange time. That's why a lot of people, they don't understand what's going on. But Jesus, he does. He's got his eyes on you and he's saying, look, I'm not going to burn you. I want you to come to me. Okay? And and if you do as you're told and you're obedient, you're not going to burn. Receive me. Rest in me. Know that grace is more than anything else in this world. We don't have to be condemned. Satan condemns. When we receive Jesus, we don't have condemnation. We have conviction. But listen, 13 verse 13 says, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Yeah, Jesus did. Okay, so Jesus sees John, okay, and he says, hey, check this out. Well, he doesn't say that. He says, listen to this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan, okay, to be baptized by him. Now, verse 14 says, then John tried to prevent him, saying, I, I, I need... To be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? Like, whoa, you're God. Like, wow. Verse 15. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so. Now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Listen to this. Okay. It's important. The phrase don't suggest that Jesus came for baptism because he had sinned. See, the Lord Jesus was without sin. Look at. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, and Hebrews 4, 15. Jesus' baptism served several purposes. Number one, listen, believers. Jesus joined with the believing remnant of Israel who had been baptized by John. And number two, he confirmed the ministry of John. And number three, he fulfilled the Father's will. We are supposed to go out and be about Jesus Christ's business. He told his mother that when Jesus was was supposedly lost, Mary was out there looking for Jesus when he was barely 12, when he was just a kid, and he was in the synagogue. And G- his Miriam, his mom, came to him and said, Yeshua, Ephraim, in Hebrew, she said. And he said, woman, don't you know I'm about my father's business? You know, we need to be about his business, listeners, because... Verse 16 says, when he had baptized Jesus, he came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and, 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 all, uh, and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying this, listen, this is my beloved son in which whom I am well pleased. Here we see God given the green light for the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that radical? Isn't that radical that God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son for us to die, to, for him to die for us on the cross? Isn't it amazing? I mean, I'm sitting here like totally tripped out because the devil's a liar. He'll make you think that you're, you're no good. He'll make you think that you can't do anything He'll make you think that you're lazy. He'll make you think that he'll plant all the thoughts in your mind. 
He will he will try to and that's what we're going to get into in chapter 4. We see it. Listen to this and I'll, I'm going to get into chapter 4 right now. Watch. Chapter 4, we've done chapter 3. We're going to get into chapter 4. Hold up. Now listen to this. And that's why I'm, uh, and that's why I want to talk about this. I'm just going to preach a little bit and that's it. On 4 and we're done. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You see? Even even Satan knows that Jesus is going to die for our sins and he wants to stop it before it happens. He wants to stop John's ministry before he can even get it in. And a lot of believers, a lot of non-believers get upset at pastors and at false pastors and they blame the whole church as a one. And it can't be done like that. It's Satan. Satan will use a certain church to make you angry. It'll make you butthurt. It'll make you sad, mad. Excuse my, my butt word, but it's, it, it's true. It'll make you so bitter that your ears are ringing and you don't know which way to go in life. But we need to focus on the prize. Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. Jesus loves us. Jesus will get us through. We don't have the whole world in front of us we have Jesus. Listen, we don't know how much longer we're going to live. Why play around with Jesus? We need to be right with Jesus. And then that's all we need, believers, listeners. Plug into Jesus. Grow the grapes. Grow the fruit. Grow the watermelons. Grow the, I don't know about pumpkins, but <laughs> you know, grow something that's fruitful and tasteful, man. When you, when you accept Jesus Christ, you start to, you know, you got the, the fruits there, man, because Jesus is the fruit. Jesus is the way, the light, the truth and the light. You start to see that God has a different plan for you on this earth. And it's not drugs and alcohol and whatever you're doing that separates you, man. It's what God wants. And believers, believe me, he's in love with you. Be like John, man. Be like John the Baptist. You know, you don't got to grow your hair out and throw camel hair on you, but you can go out there and say, look, to your neighbor, your friends, your, your brothers, your sisters, hey, can I pray with you? Can I love on you, man? Can I show you the Holy Spirit, how to get it? And, and that's what it's about, man. I'm just excited because you could talk to God in prayer. You could tell others about Jesus Christ. You can worship him, fellowship, and you can serve with others, Christians and churches where Christ is preached. Don't look at the pastor. Look at the Holy Spirit in the pastor being used by God. Set the human being aside and say, glory be to God. I don't have to worry, man. Throw on your shoes, man, and win the race, Paul said. Paul said to stay in the race. Finish the race, Paul said. Listen, and I'll end with this, man. First Thessalonians, Paul, you know, and Timothy, he said to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always, listen, for you, always making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and 
and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the sight of our God, the Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in the power in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word and much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that marvelous? So that you became examples to all in Macedonia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord is sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God is gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. And know and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven who has raised from the dead even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. Father, we come before you. We thank you. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the... Uh, just what you've given us, Lord. You've delivered us from the wrath, Father. And we thank you for growing in this word. Lord, now we pray for believers to walk worthy of God and live in ways that are measuring up to you, God, that they serve the, uh, the, the way you want them to serve, Father, and that they grow in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. And listen, man, next week we're going to talk about uh, Jesus being tempted by the devil. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke Satan thinks he's going to tempt God. Listen, God bless you guys, man. And remember, get out there. You don't need to put camel on you like John. But you, you know, you don't got to grow your hair wild and eat locusts and honey. <laughs> but eat the word of God, man, and give it to non-believers. Give it to your neighbors, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles. Anybody, man. <laughs> Just give it to them. <laughs> God bless you guys, man. Thanks for growing in the word. Growing in this world was sponsored by the Holy Spirit, empowered by Jesus Christ. God bless you guys, man. Amen.